Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castor. Here as always is my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, first of all, happy birthday. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate it. 25 has greeted me very, very warmly. I woke up this morning with two bad knees, a bad back, bad hip, and an absolutely awful migraine. So I am just really embracing this whole 25-year-old thing and really just killing it so far. A- absolutely killing it. But you're older, you're wiser, and I do appreciate the uh, the best wishes. How are you, sir? How was your weekend? It was good. It's one of those, uh, whether you want to or not, you're going to embrace 25. Whether I want to or not, I am going to embrace 25. I don't have a choice. I do not have a choice. I have to embrace it. Otherwise, 25 is going to be fucking miserable. So, um, so we are on, of course, day four of the Ed Birdsall Football Kid Extravaganza. Today, we are representing someone who most recently just achieved the very impressive feat of getting to the round of 16 in the Euro for Wales. And as of this morning, from last I heard, he is zeroing in on wanting to go to one club and one club only from Juventus, and that is back to Arsenal. So, of course, we are wearing the home shirt of the one, the only Aaron Ramsey. Absolutely unbelievable guy, the man who's covered the most distance in the Euro by a sizable amount as well. And he's been bossing it in the midfield for, for Wales. And he is an absolute king. And I love Aaron Ramsey. And if he wants to come in and be captain, I'm fine with that. Well, I think I'd rather be Kieran Tierney than, than Aaron Ramsey personally. But I'm completely okay with it being Aaron, Ram- Aaron Ramsey because he is unbelievable. He's a great guy. I love him with my whole heart. Well, that's great. I do, I do enjoy. Uh, you know, Aaron Ramsey's great. He's he's a fine player. He is he is a class player. I mean, it's like Man City. See, this is, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. I'm not Wouldn't being like starting our team. I'm not being smart. I'm not be, I'm not being smart. I'm 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 being very serious. Is yes. You know, you have, you have players like you have Aguero, who is a Man City legend, and and rightfully so. But then you have players like, uh, hmm. give me like a, like what? Oleg, Alexander. Dominic Silva was a Man City legend. Yeah, he absolutely is. Yeah. I, he absolutely is. But someone like Alexander Sinchenko. I don't think anyone would really bat an eye at Man City if Alexander Sinchenko left. Because then you'd probably just go spend $75 million and go bring in another left back. I mean, I don't know. I I think that he was he was a really good impact substitute for for us. Oh, but you're missing the point. If Alexander Sinchenko were to leave what? Man City, would you bat an eye? I would I would bat an eye. I'd be like, oh man. He's okay, like a, you wouldn't you wouldn't be upset about it. I wouldn't be like like heartbroken about it. Okay, that's all I wanted to hear. I'd be, yeah, I'd be like, oh, I, I'd be in, dis- disappointed that he wasn't brought back because he was, he's an important player on the team. I'll use a better example. I'll okay. use a better example that is more relatable. Eric Garcia. The fact that he's leaving. I will slam the door on the car for him to leave to go to Barcelona. There we go. Exactly. Okay. That he wasn't ran- good for, but he wasn't good for Man City. No. He just wind his way to Barcelona. Agreed. Aaron Ramsey. It's not the same. Aaron Ramsey joined us from Cardiff. He turned down Man United to come to Arsenal. So Already great. Already fantastic. But 
he became, you know, who Aaron Ramsey is with us. And, you know, it's not like we're not like Man United. We're not like Chelsea. We're not like Liverpool. We're not like City. You know, we are bringing in young players. We're giving young players an opportunity. There's no bigger club, perhaps in the world, quite frankly, that openly wants to incorporate young players into the first team. Because you have Man City that will go by Harry Kane, no problem, and just throw him right in there. They've already bought, you know, Kevin De Bruyne. They've already bought bought Imeric Laporte, who's not even first choice for them. But that's besides the point. Whereas with Arsenal, for example, and and, and even even I'll give I'll give Tottenham a little bit a little bit of credit for this. Also, is you know there is such there's such an emphasis on bringing youth players up through the ranks. Chelsea do it as well, but we all know. We all know Chelsea. They could say, "Oh yeah, we brought Ma- we brought Mason Mount up," but at the same time, you also just spent 130 million combined to well, Chelsea just loans Kai Havertz. Well, Chelsea just loans everybody. True, very true. Loan FC. But the point that I'm trying to make is Arsenal fans have more of a connection to certain players because it's the whole Arsenal through and through, or the Arsenal way. Uh, once a gooner, always a gooner. You know that 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 sort of deal. And that's how I feel about Aaron Ramsey is I love him. I know that his departure was not his own doing. I know that Aaron Ramsey wanted to stay at the Emirates. And I will always love Aaron Ramsey for that. Same thing with Mesut Ozil. I will always, always, always love Mesut Ozil. However, I, um, hmm, I'm indifferent about Alexis Sanchez. I, I, I don't think I... I don't hate him as much as I hate Van Persie, even though Van Persie was right. I don't hate him as I don't hate him as much as I hate Samir Nasri. I don't hate him as much as I hate Adebayor or Cashley Cole. Even no, see, this is one that I get asked a lot: is what are my thoughts about Fabregas? Because that's a tricky one. Bird, this is a fan. Bird, sir, this is a Wendy's. This is a fantasy football podcast. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Believe me, believe me. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. I get, I get asked a lot about Fabregas because people, people always want to say, you know, but he, he went to Chelsea. Yeah, he did go to Chelsea, but after he went to Wenger and said, I want to come back. I, I want to come back to Arsenal, but Wenger said no because we have Aaron Ramsey. We have. Uh, at, at the time, we had Jack Wilshere, uh, we had Ozil. Oh, and, the tables have turned. And you know, and Wenger just kind of said no to Sesk, and Sesk went and joined the enemy. He he joined Mourinho. I, I think that's like the worst part of all, is that not it's it's not that he went to Chelsea necessarily. It's that he joined Mourinho because fuck Mourinho. I don't. I don't know if I ever said in this podcast that I wanted Mourinho to be the manager of Arsenal. I hope I didn't. Because there was a brief moment. There was this brief moment, Adam, of just pure mental insanity. Where when Emery was sacked, I wanted it to be Mourinho. This this little moment of... and And then I realized, you know, what a proper prick Mourinho is. It all came back to me. Okay, yeah, back to me. That makes but sense. Love so, Fabregas. Love Fabregas, though. So, line, so what was the whole point of all of this? The whole point is Aaron Ramsey is an Arsenal legend. 
And I am very proud to represent him today. Okay. And I hope he comes back to the club. Uh, going back to the question that you, you Man City fans don't have this problem because, oh, we're going to spend 140, 140 million on Harry Kane. Oh, we lose the Champions League final because our manager overthinks everything. But we're going to spend 140 million on Harry Kane. So we can it's going to solve all the problems. So he can be injured for the Champions League final. It's going to solve all the problems. It's going to solve all the problems. Because playing, because Pep playing a defensive mid in the Champions League final <sighs> wouldn't have solved anything. Listen, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Please. Fuck Pep. Continue. The question that you asked me before, we you went into this whole thing, was how was your weekend? <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was good. It was a great weekend. I was at work for at the fan for for Saturday and Sunday. I got to watch Kevin Durant's big ass foot be on the three point line during the uh, during the end of regulation, and then airball the shot at the end of overtime. <laughs> Fuck the Nets. Yes. I was, they thought it was going to be just walking into the finals. Oh, my God. They thought they were walking into the finals. <gasps> oh. To be fair, Kyrie, if Kyrie Irving wasn't injured, they probably would be walking at least into the Eastern Conference finals. Oh, karma is a big, fat, stinky bitch. I know. Oh, Adam. See... I can tell you a quick story before we, we before we go in, and I promise this will be quick. I I never know with you. It's going to be quick. Okay. It's going to be quick. I promise. It's going to be two minutes tops. Okay. So Saturday we had a little uh, little shindig here for my birthday. We were celebrating, drinking, eating a whole bit. Grand old time. Grand old time. Very intoxicated. Don't remember most of it, but I do remember, however, <laughs> that we were outside playing um, a recreational drinking game. And was it beer pong? Might have been. Okay. I plead the fifth. And listen, you could say this. We all, you know, this is your, it's your, it's our podcast. We can say, we can say it. Oh, uh, it's beer pong, flip cup was a whole bunch of things. Okay. So anyway, anyway, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm losing my time here. The, the next game was going on inside. I ran into Jack, ran into Jack, and I saw it was like, it was like 109, 106, something like that. And I was like, holy shit. This is yeah. It was one hundred nine, one hundred six. This is this is just when you know it was the end of the game. You mean one, it was one hundred nine and one hundred seven? Because yes. it was a is game tying two point shot. Well, there might have been a free throw or something. I don't I don't remember. But you you're probably right. You remember better than I do. And my me and my cousin's fiance were both big big Knicks fans. Both of us. We ran in, and you remember you remember Ryan from the uh, Basement Talk podcast. That uh, Basement Talk podcast from the Required Radio Fans Show does. Yes. Yep. Him. So we ran in. We're watching the end of the game, and Durant takes that jumper, and he was he was distraught. He was absolutely distraught. I'm like, dude, his foot was on the line. His foot was on the line. We're we're we're, we're chilling. We're chilling. Yes. And then all beautiful things after that. When that clock, dude, when that clock hit zero, I went absolutely apeshit. The funny thing is, if you listen to, because I was at work, obviously, yes. as, as I said, if yeah. you listen to uh, Chris Carino's call, 
I'm pretty sure that Chris Carino thought it was a three pointer. I most people did the way that he the the way that he said it, the way that he like yelled after Katie made the shot. I think he thought it was a three pointer, which would have been fucking insane. Most people did. Most people thought it was a three. Yeah, not me. I'm just eagle eyed. I think. Well, I think he he want. Well, I'm sure he wanted it to be a three. Of course. Of course. Like, well, that's what that that's was broadcast. the plan. That's broadcast. What, what's he going to say? Oh, and it's a three from Kevin Durant. No, no. He's going he's gonna to go fucking ape shit. And yeah. one more thing before we actually go, in, go into the show. Uh, <laughs> eight. Eight, baby. We want 10. We I, want- Adam, I, I wanted 15 million. Oh, it's great. Fuck the eye on this. And I hope, I hope. That little weasel, that little rat, Matt Barzell, gets suspended. Did you see that cross-check? I did see the cross-check. He should have been arrested for assault. That was assault with a deadly weapon. That was a crime. He should be arrested and he should be pre- there should be charges filed against him to the fullest extent of the law. That was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen on a, uh, on a hockey rink in my life. It was disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. I hope he is charged to full extent of the law. I hope the Tampa DA is is on this case immediately. It's just so unnecessary. Uh, because Matt Barzell had murder on his mind. He is a murderous son of a bitch. I mean, he listen, be charged. There were. It looked like they were going to fight, but then he just like it just doesn't make any sense what he, he did. Just drop the gloves and just fight like a hockey like your hockey players. Matt Barzell like fight. Ha! Okay. All right. That's. That's like the same thing as asking uh, any member of the New York Rangers to go over after uh, name name after Sidney Crosby takes a slap at Shesterkin's pads. Uh, I was gonna fucking do it. Uh, you know, Chris Kreider going over there. Sid, you really shouldn't have done that. Well, maybe now. Sid. If they if they don't go over there, then Gerard Gallant will. That's true. That is fucking true. My guy. My guy. My guy. <laughs> Okay, before we go into what we're going to talk about for the podcast, do you want to yeah. just talk about some uh, big NFL news that happened? Sure. Over the weekend. Sure. Absolutely. Um, oh, uh, breaking news before we go into anything. Yes. Um, just want to point this out because this is a very, very good thing. Um, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Spurs are all doing a preseason friendly sort of deal to benefit mental health charities across uh, across the UK. Oh, that's nice. Love that. Absolutely love that. Big ups to all three clubs. Okay. So do you want the good news or the bad news first? The bad news, of course. The bad news is that Frank Clark was arrested. Yep. In LA on suspicion of having a concealed gun in the vehicle. Although I don't know how much suspicion there is now because the, the Uzi guy, was the guy in plain had an Uzi. The guy had a fucking Uzi. Listen, wherever you stand on the gun control debate, Nobody needs an Uzi. No, <laughs> I, I think that's exactly what I said. Word for word is an Uzi. You know, if it was a Glock or if it was. Um, what do you need an Uzi for? Or like any sort of revolver, you know, fine. But an Uzi. L.A. But he plays in Kansas City. Maybe he lives in L.A. I don't know. I guess he lives in L.A. Uh, listen, well, I mean, it would have made more sense when he played in Seattle because, the you know, 
it's on the same same general area but I, I just don't know why do you need an uzi beats me and he is from la okay he's from la yeah he's from bakersfield oh so makes sense that does make sense makes sense as to why he was in la he was home he was home i don't blame him but so, i do blame him. i do blame him for having an uzi yes Stupid. Yes. Absolutely stupid. But uh yeah, you know. His attorney said that the gun belonged to Clark's bodyguard. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Why does his bodyguard need an Uzi? <laughs> that's the, that's the even better question. Who is good? I, I I don't know. That's but, the even better question. Um he was booked in into the LA County into an LA County jail and then released Monday afternoon on bond. According to the, uh, the County Sheriff's website. And I mean, the NFL said that they're aware of the matter and they'll review it under the NFL's personal conduct policy. I mean, do you really think he's going to get suspended for this? I mean, he should, will he? No. Yeah, probably not. People have gotten suspended for less. Yep. That's true. All right. Well, okay. hope it all works out for him. Hope it all works out for him. Here's the good news. Yeah. The first active NFL player to come out as gay. Carl Nassif. Defensive end for the Raiders. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. And he looks also like he looks like he has the support of his peers on it. So, yeah, good, good, good for him. I wish more players, other than like you know fellow Penn State alumni, uh, voiced more of their support. Because really, the only big NFL player I saw was Saquon Barkley, who said JJ oh, yeah. Watt too. Yeah, JJ Watt. I saw. Um, I thought I saw a couple of his teammates in the Raiders uh, voice well, their the Raiders, support as well. The Raiders themselves did, yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be it'll be more of a trend, but I think it's more of you know this being groundbreaking because it's the first you know real active player. Yeah, because Michael Sam didn't did he he didn't play in this regular season, did he? No, he was dry. He was drafted. Yeah, he was drafted, but everyone everyone knew about it before he was drafted. I mean, this is the one that. While he's contracted under, you know, under contract with the team, and is someone that we've we've seen before, because Carl, Carl Nassib was was great in in Tampa Bay before signing with uh, Las Vegas. Well, that's good. So, yeah, I mean, uh, best of luck to him, and you know, con- congratulations. Yeah. Well, I mean, right, and then Roger Goodell also said that the league is proud for for him for courageously sharing his truth today yeah when it happened yeah and you said that when it happened yeah and i mean con and john gruden it was a great quote from john gruden where he said uh i learned a long time ago that what makes a man different is what makes him great which is like amazing john gruden is just a quote factory and yes he is <laughs> this is one in a long line yeah of really great quotes he yeah. also donated like a hundred thousand dollars to the Trevor Project. Yes, yes, which he did. Is a charity preventing uh, LGBTQ uh, suicide. Yes. So. Yeah, good for him. Good for good him. For him. 
good for the NFL. Honestly, hopefully this leads more players to not be afraid to uh, to come out as gay. Yeah. Because it shouldn't be, it shouldn't, listen, it shouldn't be that big of a deal, but it is. No, you're right. You're right. It shouldn't be a big deal. But you have, you still have an overwhelming amount of people that think it is a big deal. Why? I don't know. Uh, don't I don't, don't read don't read the replies on Adam Schefter's tweet. Just no, don't, just don't no, do it. Don't don't go on the Instagram either. Just don't do it. It's terrible. It's absolutely yeah. terrible. It will make you want to rip out your eyes. Well, it's keyboard warriors. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah, I and mean, you see it all the time. You see it all the time. I mean, you 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 think that anybody's going to say something derogative to Carl Nassib's face? No, because he'll probably eat, he'll probably eat you alive. He's a defensive end in the NFL. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, good good for him. Good for him. And uh, yeah, he has uh, he does have my uh, my support on this uh, on this endeavor. Okay, now let's move on to. I do have a couple other news items. If you, oh, uh, oh you do. I do. I, I have a few, um, and there is actually something I do want to talk about before uh, before we go all in. So uh, there was a beat writer for the Las Vegas Raiders. Speaking of, um, it was if I remember off the top of my head, I think it was uh, Vic Tafor. That's exactly who it was. Um, the Raiders beat writer for the Athletic, who has uh, said that Darren Waller could be in line for even more work uh, this year and that he believes that he could very easily top his 1,196 receiving yards from last season as he, quote, continues to get better, which is kind of in line with what I project him for. I think he is going to be better than that. And I, like I said, I have him as my number two tight end. So, and I think, you know, he's right on line with – um with what I've been projecting and um, what that'd, I think Darren Waller is going to be. That'd be huge if he gets like over 1200 yards. Cause that's, you're getting into receiver territory there. Yeah, exactly. And then I have uh, one more uh, Odell Beckham is practicing at the start of minicamp for the Cleveland Browns. So that is um, obviously a, a good sign for anybody who has interest in uh, Odell Beckham. And this is something that I also want to, uh, to talk about is, you know, when you see reports of players having good camps and the one guy that immediately uh, drew my attention was the Kansas City Chiefs saying that Noah Gray has had a really, really good mini camp to be the number two tight end behind Travis Kelsey. I think when I, when I hear it, Adam, you could tell me if you feel the same way or not, but when I hear someone is having a good camp, and it's coach speak. I don't want to hear it. I, I, I don't want to hear it. What I'm more interested in is a news article like I saw over the weekend saying that the Eagles are running a lot more three wide receiver sets and that Travis Fulgham has been a part of those three wide receiver sets, heavily a part of those three wide receiver sets. That is what I am interested in. Because now I see Fulgham could be a part of the picture for the Eagles. And I say to myself, okay, you know, that's something that I could potentially be looking at. But a coach coming out and saying, oh, yeah, Noah Gray has had a great start to camp. It's not going to help you. 
Same thing with Sammy Watkins. They've been saying the same thing with Sammy Watkins in Baltimore. We know who Sammy Watkins is. Don't be distracted by, by, by the coach speak. Focus on depth charts and what plays are being ran and who is a part, what personnel are being used. That's the way that I would go. I don't really pay attention to the, to, to the coach speak at this moment. Well, yeah, I think it's one of those things where like not everybody, no, no coach is really going to be Doc Rivers and just say, yeah, this guy needs a lot of work. Needs Correct. to do a lot of work. Absolutely. Not even John Gruden. No. Because he's, he's coming out and saying that Henry Ruggs looks so much better. And he could. Henry Ruggs could look so much better. It, it could be possible. But it's not enough for me to just be like, oh, John Gruden said Henry Ruggs looks better. I'm going to move him from being a top 45 receiver. I'm going to move him into my top 35. Well, yeah, I think one player for, for me on my favorite team, you know, a lot of Jets beat writers have been saying that Elijah Moore has looked really good in camp. And I'm sure and, he has. I, yeah. I, I'm sure he has. Is that going to take the more? I mean, I take a grain of salt. I take that with a grain of salt, obviously, but it's better hearing it from, you know, Brian Costello and Rich Samini and Connor Hughes, as opposed to just Rob Sala and in his media availability. Sure. But am, am, is that going to move the needle for me? You know, am I going to like Elijah Moore just a lot more pun? Absolutely intended. I'm sure it is. Uh, it to- totally is. I was thinking, I'm going to think of another word, but there's nothing else popping to me. So I just went a lot more. Uh, no, but is that really going to just increase my desire to have Elijah Moore? No, no. Well, here's the thing about that. You know, it may not move the needle for you, but you can use that to your advantage. In you could. Drafts. You could. If you say, well, you know, this guy people. had a really good camp. Yeah. You should, you should take him. Again, it's about knowing your league. If, if there are people out in your league that are gullible and you think you can get them with that, then by all means, go for it. Go for it. Any, any little advantage matters. Any little advantage matters. So yep. uh, yeah, so that's just what I wanted to uh, to point out. And now it is new mini series time, baby. Yes, we are looking at the top ten at each position, going over each player, and then also talking about um, players in this top ten with like the biggest growth potential, who could bust. Risers and fallers, whole bit, going position by position, like I said before. Let's start off with the quarterbacks here. And we're going off of Bird's personal top 10. Top ten. Yep. And not just fancy pros. Mm. So let's start off at number one. Or unless you want to start off at, top, at 10. No, no, we'll start at one. Okay, we'll, we'll start, start at one. one. There's, there's no, it's not anticlimactic. No. I'm not even going to try and be cute and say, oh, well, I think it could be somebody else here. I think we're, we might be missing something. No, no, it's, it, it's Mahomes. And Adam, you, if you were to ask me what was easier, breaking Mahomes is number one or Christian McCaffrey is number one, I don't have an answer for you because they're, they're just so um, far and away better than everybody else. It's so true. I think I, I'd probably have an easier time ranking Mahomes number one just because Christian McCaffrey was injured last year. But that's but really it's like sure. it's apples sure. and oranges. It's I don't know. I think I mean they're both amazing. Yeah, yeah, they 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 are amazing. And I mean I look at I look at Mahomes and you know what really is there to say? He's the best quarterback in the league. He's got Tyreek Hill, he's got Travis Kelsey there. Uh you would expect some growth from uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire in year two, which could definitely help Mahomes. 
uh, for my pass catching sense. And, you know, I, I, what, what is there really to talk about with Mahomes that has not been discussed time and time again already? Oh, yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to bust. Yeah, he's going to be terrible this year. No, I'm going to say that. Come on. No, no. I mean, there's, there is really nothing else that I could say about Mahomes. I think the only, the only real thing that we could actually talk about with Mahomes is the appropriate draft spot for him. I think that that is what we could talk about because there is a major difference of opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. Was it the mailbag show? Was it yeah. the show before that? No, it was the mailbag. That we, that we talked about where Peyton Manning went in 2014. Mm-hmm. It's an ongoing problem. Nope. Yeah, I mean, he's going right now. One, two... He's going in the middle of the third round. Patrick Mahomes in the middle of the third round. That's according to NFC. That's not the worst place in the world. Okay. Depends on who you pick before. I don't know. I just, I wouldn't pick Patrick Mahomes in the second round or the first round for that matter. I would be, I just, I'd be willing to listen to your reasoning of taking him in the third round. I might not agree with it, but I'd be so, willing to listen. Let me give you guys Mahomes is going around. Okay. Would you would you rather take and I know this depends on what your team is looking like, but I'm just talking about it from a pure value sense. Would you rather have Mahomes or Michael Thomas? Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is going two spots higher than Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes or Joe Mixon? Ooh, I think I'd rather have Mahomes. Mixon is going five spots higher. Really? Yep. Mixon is a round two, three turn pick. He's going right around there. Uh, Patrick Mahomes or George Kittle? Oh, boy. I think I'd just by injury history, just by injury history, I think I'd rather have Mahomes. Mahomes is going one spot higher than Kittle. Would you rather have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? Well, I mean, I'd rather have Patrick Mahomes. Pat, where's Pat- Josh Allen going? Patrick Mahomes is going three spots higher than Josh Allen. Okay, well, I guess they we are have being two drafted debates. in the same ballpark. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's just the craziness of the market right now. I'll give you. I'll give you one more. Uh, okay. Patrick Mahomes or Calvin Ridley. I'd rather have Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is going one spot higher than Mahomes. What the fuck? Yeah. I'm telling you, it, it, this is where this is the price that you're going to end up paying for these quarterbacks. Would Especially you be one that's as good as Mahomes. So you're you're in four leagues, right? Um, as of right now, I'm in four. I could potentially be in five or six. Yes. So, would you be shocked in any of those five or six or even four leagues? Where you see Patrick Mahomes going in the second round? Um, how many teams? I think that's more. I should be asking that to you. How many teams are in your are in those leagues? Uh, some are ten. Some are twelve. Okay, in a twelve-team league. Okay. Do you think Patrick Mahomes would be going in the se- in the in the second round? Absolutely, he could. Abs- absolutely, he could. I would throw up, 
I guess, would you be surprised if in one of your six leagues you would see Patrick Mahomes going in the second round? It wouldn't surprise me one bit. Okay. Would not surprise me one bit. Would I have it projected that way? No. No. I have Mahomes right now as my 38th player. But that's just that's just because I personally don't rank quarterbacks so high in my overall rankings. That that that's just philosophy for me. Well, like I think- I'm not going to say that someone like uh, David Montgomery, who I have higher than Mahomes in my overall ranks, I'm not going to be saying David Montgomery is a better fantasy player than Mahomes is going to be. I just would value David Montgomery more than I would value Patrick Mahomes. Well, I think that, you know, as we're going through this top 10, you can see that you can wait for quarterbacks. And we've been saying this over and over again. Uh, we've been beating this dead horse. Yes, we, we really have. Over and over and over again. But I think that it's kind of interesting. You know, we're going to talk about tight ends in, in a, like next week, most likely. I mean, is this the same kind of debate surrounding his favorite weapon as well? It's different. It is definitely different because you have such a discrepancy in terms of, you know, the upper tier of tight ends versus the lower tier of tight ends. There isn't much of a difference between QB one and potentially QB seven or eight. There's not going to be a huge difference in terms of actual concrete points. There will not be a difference. I don't know. Well, yes, I think that if you if you want to go from one to two, I think there really isn't much of a difference between Mahomes and Allen this this year, which is a crazy thought, which I hate to say as a Jets fan. But I think there will be a difference between Mahomes and Herbert, who you have at seven. So here's here's something for you, Adam. Okay. Between QB one last year which was Josh Allen and QB two, which was Kyler Murray. Have a guess at the amount of points separated QB one from QB two. Oh God. Um, probably. A hmm, hundred. Way too high. 20. A little less. 17. A little less. 15. 15. Josh Allen finished the year with 405 fantasy points. Kyler Murray finished the year with 390. Then it gets ever so closer as you keep going down the list. Aaron Rodgers, 387. So a three-point gap between QB2, QB3. Mahomes at 380, point gap. Deshaun Watson at QB5, four-point gap between QB4, QB5. You, you, you get the point. Whereas... Even if we just go and we continue to scroll down, and even if we want to look at guys outside the top 10, I mean, outside the top 10, if you, I will say this, the biggest gap between guys in the top 10 is between six and seven, between Russell Wilson, who's at 372 fantasy points, up against Tannehill, who was at 350. So you have a 22-point gap between QB6 and QB7. But outside of that, they they are very, very even if you have a top 10 quarterback. So the point that I'm trying to make is you don't need to be drafting one of the top two, even five guys for you to get great value 
at this quarterback position? Well, I think that if you draft Mahomes and Allen and even Jackson where they're going, you're drafting them at their ceiling, as you like to say. Um, or even if you're drafting Mahomes in the second round, you're drafting him at his ceiling. Mahomes, yes. Mahomes, yes. But Lamar Jackson is being drafted in the sixth round. Oh, well, okay. Never mind then. Maybe just, okay. I'll, I'll Lamar, Jackson, Lamar Jackson, for, just for reference, before we move on to Josh Allen, because I think that's, you know, we actually had a lot of questions in the mailbag that we didn't get to on Allen that I want to I address here. Lamar Jackson is being drafted below Kyler, Dak, and Russell Wilson. That, to me, is ludicrous because we'll see in a minute. People need to stop listening to me. <laughs> People need to stop listening to my Well, whole this picture. is, this again, this, this is where the debate is going to, it continues on. Because Adam and I usually are pretty even on certain things. The Lamar Jackson one has been bothering me. Because I, I, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Let's just talk about Josh Allen. Okay. So Josh Allen, your favorite quarterback. My guy, my friend. My new Tom Brady. Fuck, He's amazing. Fuck Josh Allen. He's amazing. Terrible. I love him. I love him endlessly. Absolutely. Absolutely love him. Um, Yeah. So we, we had questions about what is going to happen if Josh Allen does not run as much in 2021 as he did in 2020 is that what and, Sean McDermott is saying uh that is what the offensive staff in Buffalo is is giving away that they want to incorporate the running backs more they know the running game has to improve with the running backs. so Devin Singletary Zach Moss need, need to improve and that's obvious but Josh Allen a year ago had 102 carries so he carried the ball 102 times 2019, he carried the ball 109 times. And then in 2018, his rookie year, in 12 games, he carried the ball 89 times. So he probably would have projected to, if he had played a full 16 games in 2018, he probably would have projected to be at about 115 carries in 2018. That's That's just way, that's way too much for a quarterback to be running. And I I understand that Josh Allen is, is a big guy and everyone knows uh, my big guy argument with Cam Newton that he could, you know, take those hits. But look at where Cam Newton is now. Cam Newton is not the same guy that he was. And well, look at what happened to Big Ben. Also, Big Ben right. is also a a big guy. You know, kind of Absol- goes at the territory. Absolutely right. Here is where I think the the allure for Josh Allen comes into play. I look at the passing numbers and I say he dropped back 572 times last year. That is a lot. And I would expect that number to, if it comes down a little bit, maybe it goes to about 530, 540. He's still dropping back a ton, which is good for me. He had a 69.2% completion percentage. Nice. Very of course, nice. Of course, Josh Allen passed for nice percentage. I mean, nice point two. Nice point two. Exactly. And he threw for about 4,600 yards with. 37 touchdowns and 10 picks. I would expect that Josh Allen's yards are going to go up. So I think it's very, I, I do. I think Josh Allen's passing yards are going to go up. I think Josh Allen is going to have 
more of an opportunity or more of an inkling or will be coached more to make more throws and not necessarily take off with his legs more. Now, rapid fire bowl prediction does Josh Allen throw for 5,000 yards? No. Okay. No, I think he throws for about 4,800 yards, though. That's still a lot. That's still yeah. like a, a lot. Like a I, lot, a lot. I have Josh Allen projected for. Uh, 4,753 yards with 35 passing touchdowns, 15 interceptions. And I also have him, uh, projected for 102 carries to the tune of 497 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns. Well, I mean, there is an extra game in the, there's an extra game in the schedule. So I'm sure that helps. Yep. I, I, I would agree. And people could ask me, you know, if, I, if I'm projecting him for more yards, how could the passing attempts go down? They take more options with big plays. They utilize the running backs more. Because you got to remember also, the, the, the Bills did not have an outlet at running back last year that can consistently catch passes. They tried to do it with both Singletary and Moss. Singletary was better at it than Moss was, and they tried to use TJ Yeldon in that role uh, for a little bit when Zach Moss went down. I just think Josh Allen is as safe as they come in in fantasy. I just don't like the price that people are going to have to pay for him in order to get him. That, that for me, is just where I am deterred a little bit. And fun fact, fun fact for you. I have never had Josh Allen fantasy. Well, that's a surprise. I've that never is, had that him. That is a surprise. I have never had him, which is crazy, which is crazy. And this will not be the year that I have him. This is well, not, I'm, I'm not gonna draft him anywhere. You're probably just gonna get him when he's like old, and you it know. It sounds like that sounds like a me thing to do. Yeah, you're just like, well, I want to have Josh Allen just because he's discount great, shop, even though he's terrible now. Sent sentimental value. I could I could say that I had Josh Allen. Yeah, but yeah, he's my number number two quarterback, and he should be drafted as such. But I'm not drafting him in the late third round. That just that's just not happening. Yeah, I think we're pretty conservative when it comes to fantasy. You know, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't so. say that we're pretty. I, I wouldn't say that we're kind of like radical in that sense that we're going to draft quarterbacks super early. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I think that's right. I would I would say this because people always ask me about you know strategy and drafting things like that. If you want to draft to win a championship right away. You need to take home run swings. If you want to draft to make the playoffs, you draft safe. Because if you draft safe, you then can take chances on guys that you pick up on waivers or fab. That is what puts teams over the top. And that's what I've been guilty of in the past is not being aggressive enough with fab or waivers to get certain guys that'll help my team. That's where I've had my issues in in the past not necessarily drafting i think i'm i think me personally i think i'm a very good drafter but it's more of being smart when it comes to utilizing waiver wires where i think i have i have work that i have to do it's constructive self-criticism this is what i do it certainly is people cannot people cannot say that i am not humble because i am there's something that i need to work on for my own fantasy benefit and that is utilizing the waiver wire more to buy advantage right well i think that you know the first row of fantasy football, which is minimizing risk, yep, um, applies even more so to the draft. I think for waivers and for fab, you can probably get away with 
some risk just because depends how much how much depends how much fab you're gonna be dropping on that player. Well, that's true. Waivers waivers are one thing, but well, I'm fab. saying minimum. Oh, I'm saying minimizing risk. It's not don't take any risks. And who are you dropping? And who are you dropping? That's that's the other part of it. Is who are you dropping? Oh boy, yeah. Well, there is a lot that I, goes into it. I think. Before we move on to number three, and we had the debate about Lamar very quickly because we had it already on the mailbag, uh, so I don't think we really need to go into it too deep. So if you want to hear more about Lamar, you can go in the mailbag. Um, when I wake up on Wednesdays for waivers, I'm not looking at who was added. I'm looking at who's dropped. That's what I do first. and I tr- I'm trying to process who was dropped, and if any of those guys that were dropped can help benefit my team. That is how I attack waivers. It's a good strategy. Yeah, so waivers are just extended a day for me. My waivers run to Thursday because I'm I'm looking to see who's dropped, and if everybody was dropped, I think it helped my team. Bam, I'm putting a claim in right there, and then it becomes waiver Thursday. Yes. Um, yeah, so minimizing risk. That's the first rule of fantasy football one of the only rules of fantasy football really is minimizing risk. There are a bunch. There are, there are a bunch. The 10 commandments of fantasy football. Don't worry. I'll come up with that book one day. Yeah. I know. I keep thinking of like the history of the world joke where I was like, <laughs> I now have 15, whoop, 10 commandments. <laughs> Love it. Love that. movie. Oh God. You see, you've seen history of the world, right? Of course I have. Yeah. It's great. Fabulous. Phenomenal movie. Phenomenal movie. Fabulous. All right, now we get to talk about Lamar quickly. Lamar Jackson. Very He's simple. Third ranked quarterback. Very simple. Rushing, 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 rushing. And that's going to be a theme with all these quarterbacks. I Adam has made very good points about the passing and how that is a concern. Uh, understood. But I think Lamar is good enough with his legs to get by with him just being a bang average to above average passer. That's how special of an athlete Lamar Jackson is. He doesn't have to be this 4,000-yard passer for him to be very, very good in fantasy. Now, for Baltimore in a real-life perspective, yeah, obviously you would like to see Lamar Jackson improve his throwing to enhance Baltimore's chances of getting to a Super Bowl. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think that's what John Harbaugh wants. But also, I think if if Lamar Jackson throws the ball more – it's going to shift the pendulum to the other side where he might not be running as much. Correct. That That's the other part of, the, of it is if Lamar Jackson is throwing more, there's a chance that he doesn't run as much. You can't throw for 4,000 yards. And his value. That you can't throw for 4,000 yards and also rush for 1,000 yards in the same season. Uh, there's only one football, as Adam likes to say. There's only one football. There's only one. You can only do one thing on, on a play. True. So true. you can't do both. That is true. Um. I mean, Lamar, just for me, number three quarterback, I love where he's going. And I think he'll be someone that in the sixth round, if Lamar Jackson is sitting there, I'll be targeting heavily in, in a lot of places. Because I think that 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 rush that elite rushing upside is something that I really, really do target and have found myself when I'm looking at these at these ranks, I'm looking at guys that have elite rushing upside. And that's something that I, uh, that I value a lot in my, uh, my quarterbacks this year. Also, not like it matters too much, but Lamar Jackson has a really hard schedule. Uh, he does. He does. It doesn't help that he's going up against the Browns and the Steelers uh, four times. 
and then outside of that, which I don't know the Ravens schedule uh, off the top of my head um, in terms of, you know, what defenses they're going up against, but just the Steelers and the Browns by themselves, um, that is going to be difficult. But the flip side is that he does get the Bengals twice. So that is spectacular. So the defenses that they're going up against that are notable. Okay. Indianapolis. All right. Minnesota. Uh-huh. Miami. Chicago. Okay. Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh, we already mentioned. Yeah. The Rams. Oh. Uh, the Chiefs. Okay. And I mean, other than that, I mean, you know, the Raiders defense is, is all right. Right. But then let me ask you. Let me ask yeah. you. How many of those, with those defenses in mind, looking at that schedule, how many matchups are you benching Lamar Jackson? Are you confidently saying you're going to bench Lamar Jackson? Confidently. Not, not a lot of them. Exactly. Well, you're not going to bench him, but you have to, on some of these matchups, you're going to have to temper your expectations. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But you're not going to bench him because you can't. You, 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 can, you can't bench someone that has the, the potential to throw 125 yards and an interception, but could have 200 yards rushing and two touchdowns. You 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 can't bench that guy. You no, cannot. You, you really can't. Guess what? That 125 yards with an interception will mean faccia ugats. Uh, here comes the Italian in me. I'm get, I'm getting ethnic now. It'll mean faccia ugats when Lamar Jackson has 200 yards rushing and two touchdowns. You have a running back as your QB one, and I don't think anybody is going to complain about that. No. I mean, it's like Taysom Hill. People had people had a quarterback at tight end. The absolute lunacy of that, but that is that's, just a completely different story. That that is a completely different story because that's just that's just something else entirely. Yes, I agree. But yeah, I mean, we've talked we've talked about Lamar Jackson enough. Where we people, I think, know are. where we where we stand on the Lamar Jackson line. Yeah, I mean, do you? I guess the one thing I'm sure I think we already touched on it, but just like, do you really do you think that though that if Lamar Jackson throws more, if John Harbaugh wants Lamar Jackson to throw more, then that's going to make his rushing yards suffer and rushing rush just rushing numbers in general suffer? No. Suffer no, but could they could they dip if they want to see him take less risk outside of the pocket? Yeah, they could dip. They could dip, but suffer to the point where he's completely unusable. No, no, I don't see that personally. Okay. Our number four. Your number four. I didn't make these rankings. Your number four quarterback. Is Kyler Murray. Yep. Yeah. Kyler Murray is my, my number four. Again, between uh, Kyler Lamar and Dak Prescott, I, I go back and forth on, uh, on those three. Um, you know, I, I think Kyler is, is, is fantastic. I mean, people forget just how good Kyler Murray was at the first half of last season. I mean, he was absolutely spectacular when you, you know, put, pull, pull his numbers up and, you know, assess them. He was absolutely fantastic, but then he got hurt and the rushing numbers completely went down. And he, he, he had said, he has said as much that when he got hurt, 
he didn't want to take as many chances outside of the pocket because he was afraid that his shoulder could get messed up even more than it already was. So he had to, you know, be in the pocket and throw more. And that did hurt Kyler Murray in, uh, in the long run, but all signs said that that shoulder looks good, that Kyler is, uh, is back to a hundred percent. And that for me is good enough to draft him as my, uh, my number four quarterback. And, you know, if, if Kyler Murray, is going to be drafted before Lamar Jackson, then you're probably better off waiting on Lamar than you are on, on, on Kyler. Not that they're much different, but just it's again, just reading your room and seeing which, which one of those quarterbacks fall. I think me personally, I'm more likely to be drafting quarterbacks that are in the three, four, five, six range than would be in the one, two range for me, for me personally. Well, yes, but doesn't it give you kind of pause when you notice that Kyler Murray was playing hurt and you're kind of like knowing how that he's he's just a smaller quarterback. He's shorter and he's not built as as big as Lamar. He's not as big as Lamar Jackson or Cam Newton or Josh Allen or whoever. No, that's the that's always been the concern with Kyler. It it does. It raises concerns for injuries. Yeah, that's always been a concern with Kyler is that, you know, he's a smaller guy and that could hamper him. But for me, talent always shows the end of the day. And Kyler Murray is, is ridiculously talented. And let's not forget that, you know, with the additions of Rondell Moore and A.J. Green to this offense in Arizona, there will be much more opportunities for those receivers to make plays for Kyler and the Cardinals have also made an emphasis, a point of emphasis, in trying to improve that offensive line to really get the ground game going as well, which I think will benefit uh, Kyler in, in the long run. I mean, you have James Conner there. You have Chase Edmonds there. Um, you know, I, I'm not particularly sold on Edmonds as a feature back. I don't think the Cardinals are either, hence why they brought in James Conner. But if James Conner goes down, then you'll see Chase Edmonds have a uh, – have a feature role in, in this offense. I think that could be good. It's going to be good for Evans. It's going to be good for, for Kyler as well. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, you want to move on to number five? Sure. Number five, Dakota rain Prescott. Yeah. Yeah. I, I listen. I, I, I really love Dak this year. And I'm, I'm really gonna... surprised that you didn't rank Dak ahead of Kyler Murray at four. Um, it, it, it comes down to rushing for me. Um, I just feel like Kyler is going to be more of a threat with his legs than, than Dak will. Uh, I think Dak will be more of a complete passer than, than Kyler. I have Dak projected for about 4,900 yards, 33 touchdowns and about 13 interceptions. So I, I, I fully project that Dak Prescott is going to be throwing a whole hell of a lot with, with the Cowboys. I think that he he will really be stuffing the stat sheet on most days. And, you know, this will be the first real time that we see Dak Prescott working with uh, with Mike McCarthy. He's got that, that nice long-term contract in the bag. And I think now Dak Prescott can focus on one thing and one thing only, and that is his football, which is, which is good for him. It's good for the Cowboys. There's no more questions about Dak's long-term future in Dallas. And I think it's going to uh, benefit for him on the uh, on the field for uh, for the Cowboys and for uh, anybody who has him in fantasy. You know, 
my number five quarterback. And I think that's, I think I'm settling on him at number five. Uh, I think that's where I'm going to have him for the, for the rest of the, uh, for the pre-draft rankings. I think I'm good with Dak being my number five quarterback. Yeah, I agree with that. Because it's, it's a small gap between Dak, Kyler, Lamar. It's a substantial gap between Dak and my number six guy. Sub- substantial for I, me. I can see that too. Just because you're looking at your number six guy, Russell Wilson, and you're just like, what's going on here with Russell Wilson? It's just, there's so much, I don't know. It's weird. You're in like, it's in like a state of flux where like, are there a lot of questions about Russell Wilson in the off season? Yeah. Or is it just going to be normal? No, there, there are, there are some questions still about Russell Wilson and what this offense is going to look like. Uh, I'm erring on the side of trying to be optimistic in saying that I think the Seahawks are going to give Russell Wilson more opportunities to let Russ cook. Uh, I have Russell Wilson projected for about 577 passing attempts, which is still about 33 fewer than I have for Dak Prescott. Hence the huge difference in um, between five and six for, for, for my quarterbacks. And, you know, I'm looking over the past couple of seasons. He had about you're projecting him to have a career high in passing attempts. Yes, I am. I am. I mean, he had a career high in passing attempts last year at 558, uh, was seven yards short, actually, of a career high in passing yards. He had 4,212 last year, did Russell Wilson. He was seven short of uh, the mark that he set in 2016, 4,219. But But he set a career high in touchdowns. He did. He did 40 touchdowns and he was, he was the MVP of the league first half of the year. And, you know, Russell Wilson, he, he screams to me like a guy that is either going to be the MVP of fantasy in 2021, or he's going to be one of fantasy's biggest busts. Just because people are going to overdraft him, expect too much. And it will be sort of the same old Russell Wilson that we've expected about 4,000 yard passer Maybe he drops back down. Maybe he still passes for 35 touchdowns, which I don't think will be a bad thing. But I just think it won't be enough where people will say, oh, why did I draft him in the fourth, fifth round? Which is why I have the massive difference on uh, Dak and Russ. I'm comfortable drafting Russ in the middle to late sixth, whereas Dak, I'm okay if people were were to be drafting him um, in the sort of in the same range as Lamar is going right now in like the late sixth, I would be for me personally for, for, you know, everything. My number for Lamar is top of round five. That's my number for him. Okay. I mean, that's a good number. I would think, I would think about it there. That's an interesting number. I don't know if that's a great number. It's probably, it's early for me, (laughs) frankly. Yeah. Yeah. I I, look, I'm not saying I'm going to do it. But I, that's the that's the, the that's the spot where I would think about it. It's a good floor number, I guess. Yes, would correct. Be the way to say it. I think one thing about Russell Wilson is that you have to think about is that Russell Wilson. If you look at his rushing stats, it's kind of interesting because it's there. It's like a there are a lot of dips. There are a couple of dips where usually he you can 
probably project at least an average of like 400 yards rushing yards a season. But then you have like, you know, 2016, 2018, 2019, he just wasn't running the ball as much. And then in 2020, he, he had 513 yards and two rushing touchdowns. But if you're, if you're expecting a 2014 Russell Wilson, where he rushed for 849 yards and six, six touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No fucking way. No, it's not happening. I, I mean, I have Russ will get you the carries on a lot of scrambles. That's what Russell Wilson does. He's a very smart quarterback. You know, if he, if he sees the play collapsing, he'll get out, he'll get you the two, three yard carries. And you know, that's that. I'll give you a little boost in those points for sure. But is he going to be a big touchdown guy? No, no. He'll probably get you. I think his, his, his average is probably like what? Two touchdowns a year. Probably yeah. his average. He had a couple years of of one touchdown. Yeah, 2013, 2015, 2016, and one rushing touchdown. 2018, he had no rushing touchdowns. Um, that was the year I had him. Unfortunately, yeah. 17 and 19, he had three, and then last year he had two, and then 2014 he had six. Which yeah, I think I think things. I think two rushing touchdowns is a good number for for Russ. I think it's a good. Number. I guarantee that. You could probably say he'll give you 80, 85 carries, but I wouldn't be expecting, you know, massive rushing numbers from, from Russell Wilson. Maybe he'll get you 500 rushing yards, something like that, and, and two touchdowns out of all of that. Yeah. And, I mean, that's good enough for, for QB6. Yeah. I, I, it like, should be. The I numbers mean, combined. Yeah. And I think my, my overall projections for, for Russ, when I have him at, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of, being a 4,300-yard passer, 35 touchdowns, uh, 10 interceptions, I think it's a very conservative number. Would it shock me if Russell Wilson has a 40-yard, 40-touchdown uh, season again? No, it wouldn't shock me one bit. Would it shock me if Russell Wilson is in conversation to win his first league MVP? No, it wouldn't shock me one bit at all. I mean, he has a really good supporting cast. He does. He's probably like his best supporting cast since the Super Bowl years. And I think the offense is now kind of sculpted to fit him where he becomes the the focal point of the offense, where they will finally be able to, you know, air it out and they won't be as conservative with using Chris Carson. I mean, Chris Carson, for me, he's not a top 20 running back. I, I've moved Chris Carson down because I, I'm hoping that Russell Wilson is finally going to be able to use his arm to make plays and that we can all finally just stop with this whole Seattle underutilizing Russell Wilson nonsense. Yes. Because guess what? If if it comes down to Russell Wilson or Pete Carroll, uh, they, they're going to fire Pete Carroll. I'm going to. I think they're going to keep the guy with the big contract. I would think that they're going to keep their franchise quarterback. Yes, over, there's over the fossil head coach personally. Yeah, Pete Carroll, the Elaine Vigneo of the NFL. Hey, carried stop by. Stop it! Don't in, you dare! Love carried AV. by a good quarterback. Love AV. Great it's guy. It's terrible. Love AV. Hate AV. Why? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? He's a terrible coach. You're out of your mind. Next. The next quarterback. Somebody more interesting with more potential, I feel like. Uh, I, more potential is in like, we don't know if he's going to keep it. <laughs> if he's going to keep up his great rookie season. Yeah. Justin Herbert. This is the most fascinating one that I have. 
because I, I was very close to ranking him below my next guy. And the crazy thing about Justin Herbert is we saw him for one year and I just have this weird feeling in the back of my mind is like, what if he sucks? What if it's just like, this is, this is his one year. Adam, I'm going to save that one for a little while. How about that? <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to save that one because your question is valid because I, it's a new coaching staff. We don't know how they're going to be. I will say, I will say this with Herbert. I think Herbert is really going to be aided by the presence of Austin Eckler back there for a presumptive, presumptive 16, uh, 17 game. Jesus, I said 16 game. Well, 16 not, games of the fantasy season. Not you, not used to it. Of the projected 17 game season. Because when Austin Eckler returned for the Chargers last year, I mean, even when he was there and it was and it was Herbert. 11 catches against Carolina, uh, four catch day against Kansas City. But then he returned week 12 against Buffalo, 16 receptions. Oh, no, excuse me, 16 targets, 11 receptions, four receptions, nine receptions, four, three, six. He had 54 receptions, Austin Eckler. And that's with him missing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks. So I think it's very possible that Austin Eckler turns into an 85-90 catch guy with Justin Herbert, which helps Herbert get him the additional yards because we all know how Austin Eckler is on the ground. He's one of the best pass-catching running backs in the entire league, and you don't need to be a uh, premier running back, for lack of a better phrase, to lead the league or close to it in receptions because the number two running back in the league last year in terms of receptions was J.D. McKissick, and no one's going to call J.D. McKissick a star, or anything like that. It was J.D. McKissick at two and Alvin Kamara at number one. So I think Eckler is going to help Herbert. And we've, you know, we've talked about uh, Keenan Allen enough times. Uh, Mike Williams is still going to be there. I think, you know, he has, he has a nice rapport with some of the younger receivers there, namely Jalen Guyton, who, who I do like a lot uh, as sort of a sneaky, sneaky late pick. For, Who's going to uh, be the tight end for them? Uh, it's going to be Jared Cook. It's going to be Jared Cook. So, I yeah. think, you know, he'll he'll have some appeal uh, as well. Well, Jared Cook, you know, established veteran tight end. Yeah, it's established really veteran tight end. Not a, not a future Hall of Fame tight end like uh, Justin Herbert had, but, you know, he'll be he'll be solid enough. I think it's 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 good for Herbert that he has uh, – that he'll have Eckler there hopefully for uh, for a full season. But let's, he, he, let's move on to Tannehill. No, wait. Because, hold on. I, go, I ahead, have go ahead. Go I have ahead. something about Justin Herbert. Yeah, sure. Sure, go ahead. I think that for Justin Herbert, just looking at his stats, you know, they, they were very good. You know, he rushed, I mean, he uh, passed for 4,300 yards basically through for one of, the, one of the best rookie campaigns I've ever seen from a quarterback. Through 31 touchdowns. The rushing numbers are interesting for me, though. He rushed for five touchdowns. Yep. On only 55 carries mm-hmm. and, you know, 234 yards. A lot of them, though, were, uh, were QB dives. Well, the, yeah, exactly. At, at the one yard line. So, I mean, do you think that that's really going to, I think that is probably what pushed him into the, into the top 10. No, I think what pushed him into the top, into the top 10 was him being a 30 or touchdown like top guy. Seven. And, I, I would okay. Top seven. Um, Top seven in terms of my overall ranks. 
or just in finish? Because last year, last year, Justin Herbert finished as QB nine. Okay. He was QB nine last year. He finished one point, one point higher than Lamar Jackson, seven points less than Tom Brady for eight. Well, I think that in that sense, that does kind of factor in a little just because you, you see how much rushing touchdowns are worth compared to passing touchdowns. But, I mean, I'm just looking at the guys that are ahead of him. Tannehill had the rushing upside with the touchdowns. Russell Wilson had 40 touchdowns. Deshaun Watson, rushing upside, Deshaun Watson. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers, league MVP. Kyler Murray, rushing upside, talented arm. Josh Allen, just a do-it-all guy. Rush, throw, pull bit. So if, if Justin Herbert's number is five rushing touchdowns, he, he, he should be good at least to finish as a top eight or nine quarterback. Seven may, might be a little high for him. Maybe he's maybe he is in line for regression. I don't know. But, I mean, I like Herbert here, and I was very close to putting him um, below Tannehill. Very, very, very close to uh, to doing it. Um, in terms of NFC and where Justin Herbert is being ranked. Okay, so Justin Herbert right now is being drafted 62nd overall. He's going below Lamar Jackson, who is the only other quarterback that is near him. And he's going above, going above Brady, going above Tannehill, going above Hertz, going above Stafford, above Burrow, above Rogers, obviously. So yeah, he's, he's kind of like the, the best of the rest, so to speak, after you get to the top six. So do you want to get to my question of does he suck now and wait till after the season? <laughs> um, save it for the superlatives at the end. Then I will answer okay. that question. Okay. Now let's move on to Ryan Tannehill. Uh, pretty simple. I mean, this is straightforward. I don't, I don't really think I need to, uh, to go really in depth on this, but look at the, look at the weapons that Tannehill has now. He has Derrick Henry. He has AJ Brown. Is Julio Jones for now until Julio inevitably gets hurt. Hopefully not, but have to be realistic. But I think a 30 touchdown season is in the cards for, for Tannehill, maybe 4,200 yards. And you have to factor in the rushing upside as well that, you know, he can get you a couple of, uh, a couple of rushing touchdowns. I haven't projected for four. And I think that'll be fine to get him as a top 10 quarterback. And you're drafting him read ridiculously late which makes it even better i don't know i don't know why don't know why adp has not caught up to Tannehill yet i I really don't understand it i mean it kind of has he's being drafted right now 87th overall which is basically ninth round but even then that that still is it's pretty early when you're considering Tannehill is there and then Herbert is at 62. I would think they're, for me, they're much closer than that. Yeah. I think the thing for Tannehill, I would hope now that with Julio Jones and AJ Brown, you know, maybe the new coordinator for, for the Titans would probably, you know, loosen the reins a bit and let him, let him air it out. But well, Derek Henry is still the, fo- is he, he's the focal point of the offense. He's the, he's the focal point. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, his bet, his two best seasons of his career, as far as yards are concerned, 
And honestly, I mean, touchdowns too. Uh, 2014, 2015 with Miami. He had 4,000 yards in 2014 with Miami, 27 touchdowns and 12 picks. On a terrible football team. On a terrible football team. On another terrible football football team in 2015 in Miami, he had 4,200 yards, 24 touchdowns, and 12 picks. Brent Danhill is very good at throwing 12 picks. He threw 12 picks for three straight years. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Model of consistency. Um, and his season last year, he had a, he set a career high for touchdowns, threw for 3,800 yards, and he only had 481 attempts. Yeah, those seasons in Miami. He almost threw the ball 600 times because the team was terrible. Because the team was terrible. I mean, you don't need you don't need Tannehill though. That that's the thing with Tannehill. He's also, not going to be. He's not going to be a guy. By the way, he's not going to be a guy that's going to just blow the cover off of the score sheet. He just isn't. New age Chad Pennington. He could be the new age Chad Pennington. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his. His stat sheet right now, he had two 30-point games last year. Both of those games, he had a rushing touchdown. Both of them. Outside of those games, 19, 26, 12, 29, 17, 18, 14, 10, 22, 19, 28, 16, 18, 28. That's very consistent. That's very consistent. And then if you get the rushing touchdown from Tannehill, he could be a 25, 30 point quarterback and in any given seven week. Rushing tu- and he had seven rushing touchdowns last year. Yeah. His one bad game was, I guess, the entire Tennessee Titans bad game, which is that Thursday night game against Indianapolis where everybody yep. was terrible. That was the stinker. Yep. But that was it. That was his worst. And he still had double digit points. Exactly. Exactly. Tannehill's great. Tannehill is absolutely great. Do not be afraid to go out of your way to draft him. Just don't do it too soon. Don't do it too soon. Yeah, his stat sheet's kind of weird. It's very conspicuous. Yeah, very. The, the, the zero in 2017 that's just sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 2016, 2017. You're just like, oh, right. He didn't play in 2017. Right. He was towards ACL. Towards ACL. Jay Cutler. Smoking Jay Cuddy. Great guy. And then was no, that wasn't Brock Osweiler. No, was that was that Matt Moore? Oh fuck Matt Moore. Fuck Matt Moore. Love Matt Moore. Great guy. It's because you're not a Jets fan. You Love Matt P- Moore. You don't have PTSD for Matt Moore. He's a king. PTSD. Great I hate guy. Matt Moore. Love him. I bet Jake doesn't like Matt Moore either. I'll have to ask Jake. I'll ask Jake on the Basement Talk podcast Wednesday night. If he uh if he loves Matt Moore, because I love Matt Moore. I think he loathes Matt Moore. I love Matt Moore. He loathes him. I loathe him. <laughs> Hate Matt Moore. Stupid. Terrible. Anyway. Stupid. That's not nice. He's not stupid. He's terrible. Apologize. I'm sure he's a smart person. He's a terrible quarterback. Shameful. Um, your number. Where are we? <laughs> Number nine. Numero nueve. Alfonso will be proud. See, see. A A Rusto. Te gusto. Te gusto. Or is it te gustas? 
Te gustas Aaron Rodgers. Te gusta, me gusto Aaron Rodgers. Si, si, me gusto Aaron Rodgers. If he plays. If he plays. El jugador, el jugador del football. If he, if, if he plays. I'm getting secondhand embarrassment listening to you try and speak Spanish. Listening Thank to us so try much. and speak Spanish. Thank you so much. Alfonso Wooden is no longer proud. No, no, he is. He is no longer proud. If Aaron Rodgers plays, Aaron Rodgers could be great. It's gonna be great. Pretty, pretty big fucking if though. Uh yeah. Like like I said, I'm not moving Aaron Rodgers until week three of the preseason. If week three of the preseason comes and Aaron Rodgers is still not there, I will be moving him. But as of right now, on Tuesday, June twenty second, at twelve thirty eight p.m., I am not moving Aaron Rodgers. He's my number nine quarterback. That is where he will remain until Please, further notice. Don't tempt fate like that. That's he like is going to remain my number nine quarterback unless he does not show up for preseason or anything revolving the season come week three of said preseason. Then, then I will move Rodgers. Okay. I mean, it's like saying it's like a cop in a movie saying that he's retiring next week. Just don't, just don't. Don't tempt fate like that. Oh God! <laughs> oh, that's uh, that got dark quick. Just don't. That got dark quick, but yeah, we, we've talked about Aaron Rodgers so much on on this show. I mean, he's going to be great if he plays. Just has to play. I'm surprised that most of our mailbag questions did not surround Aaron Rodgers, just because he's like the biggest. Him and Deshaun Watson are the two biggest question marks in fantasy football right now. Well, I think most people kind of have an understanding of what the situation is with both. Watson is about letting the legal proceedings play out. With Rodgers, it's about him either getting paid to be happy or him showing up. Yeah. All right. The Rodgers, the Rodgers one has more question marks, though, than the Watson one. Because the Watson one, I think, is pretty cut and dry. Let the legal proceeding play out. And if the criminal justice system does not rule that Deshaun Watson had – or if they rule that Deshaun Watson did not have any um, involvement in the situation, then Deshaun Watson will play. Won't be for the Texans, but he'll play. It, it would be interesting. I mean, both situations are interesting. Yeah. All right, last one before we get to the superlatives. I know that that's your favorite point part of the show, Adam. It is. It's great. Uh, Jalen Hurts, yep. number it, 10. It, it, Everything that I said about Josh Allen, Lamar, and Kyler apply it to Jalen Hurts. I don't think I don't think he's the most talented passer in the world, so that that does worry me with Hurts. But the rushing potential with Jalen is where the money lies with him. And for for me personally, I I I've, Jalen Hurts is someone that I want to have in as many places as humanly possible. I have Joe and Hertz projected for about 3,900 yards passing on about 557 passing attempts. And then I have him down for about 727 yards rushing at the tune of seven rushing touchdowns. So, yeah, I love him. I love him. And I think he's going to be, again, I think he's just going to be one of those guys where, you know, you can strike gold with him later on. He's the first pick right now in the 10th round, 90th overall. 
That's really good value. That's fantastic. I love only, it. The, they got for a guy that only threw a thousand yards last year. That's really who you're basically banking on to be really good. I mean, you would hope that with the new coaching staff that is committed to Jalen Hurts, no Carson Wentz looming over your shoulder. Yeah. You think that Jalen Hurts is going to be, you know, they're going to try and improve his throwing, improve him as a passer so he can be in that same mold as Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. You need to pair Jalen Hurts with somebody, though. Yeah. Well, just you need a, you need a, a net, a safety net. Yep. Matt Ryan. Or Matt Stafford. Or Matt Stafford. The uh, resident bad motherfucker, as or, Sean McVay said. Or Joe Burrow. Or Joe Burrow. It's another great Hello. one. Kirk Cousins as well. Kirk Cousins has been ri- rising up a lot of people's boards. I'm, I'm not exactly sure why. Um, I think in a lot of uh, expert drafts, Cousins has started to fly up boards. So if, if you believe in that hype, if you believe in more of the industry side of fantasy – Kirk Cousins could be a guy you take a stab on. Although I think pairing Jalen Hurts with Joe Burrow is like having a safety net that's not actually a safety net. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of different questions that are involved. It's having it, your safety net has a hole in it. That's that yeah. is comparing Joe Burrow with Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts and Matt Ryan is perfect. I I really think it's perfect. Two guys that'll give you something completely different. Matt Ryan, you know, will give you this, the safety blanket every single week, and then Jalen Hurts will give you the upside. I think that's a match made in heaven. Yeah. I, I will probably do that in one spot, I, I think. I mean, yeah, it's good. It is good. Yeah. Minimizing risk, first rule. Exactly. All right, superlatives. Yeah. So what do you want to do first? Whatever your heart desires, Adam. Okay. You are, you are the captain now. I am the captain now. Uh, who has the biggest potential of this group? Biggest Rise. potential in terms of what? Potential growth? To growth potential. Performance? Growth. Or Jalen Hartz. I figured you were going to say that. Jalen Hartz. It's a pretty obvious answer, actually. I think just with the rushing upside, it wouldn't shock me if Jalen Hurts finishes a top six quarterback. Wouldn't shock him a bit. I think it's very, very possible that you see Jalen Hurts pushing the 300-point threshold for quarterbacks this year. Okay. So that's my my pick. Hurts. Who do you think has the – who do you think is going to bust? Who's your pick, Adam? Who's my pick? Yeah. Well, it's Jalen Hurts. You you do agree it is Hurts. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I said. I think I said before it was. It seems like an obvious choice. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you did. You did. I was just. I was just making sure because I, I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't. Uh, no problems. I, was, I, w- I did not know. No problem. And I was. I, I didn't want to make it all about me. That's no fun. Gonna bite my tongue on that one. <laughs> um, who do you think? has the biggest, I guess, bust potential out of this group. Herbert. Yeah. Herbert. We're, we're I, back I, I, to my question. Second second year, new coaching staff. Could be a different um, ideology. 
where I think, you know, you're, where you're drafting Herbert, there's a huge chance that he could be a bust because I don't know what, um, what expected growth is going to follow that. So yeah, the answer, the answer for me is Herbert. Like I said before, I mean, you, you have all these people who are ranking Herbert at seven or you ranking Herbert at seven, you know, uh, fancy pros has Herbert at eight. You just have the feeling in, in the back of your mind, like what if Justin Herbert isn't good? Like what if he, what if he regresses? What if this is his peak? I was very close to putting Tannehill at seven and Herbert at eight. I was very close. It could, it could still happen by the time we're all said and done. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very possible. It's I mean, very, Baker very, Mayfield, very possible. May, Baker Mayfield had a really good rookie season also. Yeah. And yeah. he's and at 18 look, right now. Yep. Look where he's going where to he is now. It's terrible. It's true. Um, yeah, for me, it's Herbert also. You wouldn't, you wouldn't say which, which one of the top six guys would you say is the biggest bus, bus potential? Um, oh, boy. Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, Kyler, Dak, Russ. I think it's for me. It's between Russ and Lamar. Well, we we uh, you you're gonna say Lamar. You're gonna say yeah. Lamar. For yeah. me, for, for me, it's Kyler. For me, it's uh, Kyler. Kyler's a good one. shout too. Just because of the injuries, the injuries worry me a little bit with with Kyler. But yeah, I think he's uh, he's uh, he's the guy. And then I'll give I'll give one more here. I'm gonna I'm gonna chime in with one, and then we can uh, we can get on out of here. Out of these ten, I have one more question. Oh, go ahead, and I'll give one more, and we can get out of here. Okay, go ahead. So, this is an outside the box question. Sure, literally. Um, out which quarterback outside the top ten, outside of your top ten, do you think is going to invade this treehouse club of top ten quarterbacks? Ooh, it's a tough one. If you could tell me Joe Burrow is healthy, I'm going to say Joe Burrow. Okay. If you can tell me he's healthy, I'll say Burrow. If he's not, Brady. Ugh. Hate it. If not, Brady. I'm going to go with Stafford. Good shout. And... Honestly, probably Burrow also, if yeah. Burrow's healthy. Burrow's a popular one. Burrow, Burrow is a very popular one if if he's healthy. But I th- I would definitely go with Stafford. Stafford's my guy for this. Yeah. Bad, a resident fair. bad motherfucker. Sean McVay is a poet. He's a poet. <laughs> he is a poet. All right. Now, my last question. Of the 10 guys, Mahomes, Alan Lamar, Kyler, Dak, Russ, Herbert, Tannehill, Rogers, Hurts, who is the guy that you will be targeting the most? Hmm. I would say probably Tannehill. Okay. For me, it's Lamar. For me, it's Lamar. I think sixth round for him is fantastic. Now, will he stay there? Probably not. But right now where he's going in the sixth round, I think that is just, you are asking, asking for just a home run pick right there. I know you disagree, Adam. I'm not going to say anything. I know you disagree. It's okay. We, we're, we, are allowed, we are allowed to disagree. Um, I, I just think for me, I think it's home run territory for anyone 
who's thinking about a quarterback in round six, if Lamar Jackson is there, you take him. You take him, and that's that. Honestly, I wouldn't be – I would take Russ also. I'd be interested in that. Well, you've, you've always flocked to, to Russell Wilson, though. I like Russell Wilson. He's a good quarterback. He's a, he's a really fucking hard schedule, though. Yeah, he does. I think he has the hardest schedule for uh, for quarterbacks. Yeah. I think he's the toughest. Yeah, that's rough. But I think that, I mean, the value that you're getting Tannehill at, I always mention Ryan Tannehill. He's, he's good. I, I like him a lot. Yeah. And listen, the value, the value for him right now is just, it, it's, it's fantastic. So I don't, I don't blame you for, for loving Tannehill. I know a lot of people love Tannehill. I mean, with how, with how this this group is set up right now for your rankings, you could potentially, if you draft on the lower end, you can be getting two out of the top 10, out yep. of your top 10. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, imagine having a, a tandem of like Herbert and Tannehill. I think for the, for the mock draft that we did, we had Tannehill and Hurts. Yeah. That's great. That's it's great. Really, good. really, really good. I, I like that one a lot. That is like a who the fuck do you start every week? Yeah, you'll have a conundrum, but it's a good it's a good problem to have. That would be a super flex draft. Yeah, hey, it'd be that'd be awesome and super and super flex and two quarterbacks. We should do one Tana, of those. Tana we should do hurts. a mock draft, like a two QB or like a super flex, like a weird rule mock draft. Oh, it's not a bad idea because we have had we've had have had people asking for two quarterback two quarterback Bach all right because we have running backs we have to do on Friday then we have receivers and we have tight ends next week and then after that we were going to talk about bus and then we were and then we have nothing else after that so we could do a 2QB mock in a couple weeks and then, and then we we've have had a lot of questions about starting leagues and logistics and things like that. It's a boring show for a lot of people, I know, but there are a lot of new fantasy listeners that do listen and have been asking. So I think it's kind of important that we do a show like that. Because I think when we talk about three receivers on here, there are people that will say, well, when I hop into an ESPN draft lobby, it only gives me two. Why does it recommend two instead of three? You know, things like that. So I think we have to do a show like that at, at some point. Well, yeah. Just kind of filling people in on what exactly an ideal fantasy league should look like based on what you're looking for. So we'll do that in in a couple of weeks. But And before you know it, Adam, it will be in August. Oh, God. We'll be in August, and yeah, I'm going to turn 25. Oh, Kafka's going to turn 25. Man, has got various degrees from Hofstra University. Is an award-winning journalist and subscribes to the Associated Press in its daily emails as part of the one percent. Are you done? No, I can go on all day. All day long. I was just, I was just reading a press release from the Marlins saying that their ice cream machine is back in the press box. Excellent. That they really they released a press release for that. That's awesome. Love the Marlins. Great people. Uh by the way, before we go and wrap up, uh I don't know if you've seen the uh the MLB logo poll that is going on on Twitter right now. But they're at the final 
is between the Miami Marlins. Well, the Florida Marlins. What? Oh, the oh you mean Florida the old- Marlins. The Florida the Marlins logo. Yes. And the Montreal Expos. What's the That's better logo? The What's Florida the better Marlins? logo? The Florida Marlins or the Montreal Expos? Two Mets rivals. There's only one answer. It's the I, I like the Expos logo. Thank you. Thank you. Correct. Spot the Marlins on. logo doesn't like, I don't know, it just looks normal. It's this very is- close. It's 5149 for the Expos. I want to see that. I want to see the poll. I have, I'll, I'll find it and I'll send it to you. I'll find it and I'll send it to you. And then uh, for everyone who uh, who follows me on my socials, it's Eddie the Big Bird everywhere on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, give me give me a, give me a little follow. Uh, I'll post the uh, I'll post the poll up on there too. I want to see where the Brewers logo landed because that logo is immaculate. Yeah, I'll have to find it. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna send it to you after okay. we uh, after we sign off here. I'll send it to okay. you. And then for everybody else, it'll be up on my uh, my socials. So give me a follow and uh, you'll see it. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of everything in the Basement Talk Podcast family, wherever you get your podcast. On Friday, we're going to be doing running backs. Same vein as this. Very exciting stuff. Much more in-depth, too. I, oh, I, yeah. This, and this was in-depth. I mean, I know. And we're going to get the running backs. It's going to be like, whoo. Two-hour show. Two-hour yeah. show. Yeah, I think it would be more, more interesting, too, is if you have time, Adam, we can go off of mine if you want. But if you have time over the course of the next couple of days and you want to put uh, like a, a scratch top 10 together where we can just compare contrast, I think that, I can, that could be interesting. I could try that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you can just compare and contrast. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool beans. All right. For my co-host at Birdsell, I'm Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye. <laughs>